Well, hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Crismer, and we're so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode, Jason, Josh, and I sit down and we discuss the launch of our brand new series called Someone is Missing, a study on the Holy Spirit. And we talk a lot about why the Trinity, this this doctrine of a triune God, can be so difficult to understand. As always, if you ever have any questions from Sunday's message, uh, please join us at quadcity.church podcast, where you could submit your question to be answered right here on the show. This week, we've got four really great questions that we get to answer, and it just always gives us such a fruitful conversation when we can directly answer some questions that you ask. And last but not least, if you're with us on Sunday, then you heard us talk about how Candy Crawl, our Halloween event, is right around the corner, and we need your help. We had a, a pretty good response of people raising their hand and saying they want to serve for Candy Crawl, but just as a reminder, this is likely the largest outreach event that we do as a church every single year. The point of Candy Crawl is to open up our campus to everyone who trick-or-treats just right down Mount Vernon Street from us, people that may or may not have a church background. Because what we know is we want to give opportunities for people to walk through the doors of a church who may not be comfortable doing so on a Sunday morning and, and have a great experience, to feel welcomed, to allow their kids to have a, a fun, festive Halloween evening. And we need your help to do just that. To learn more about Candy Crawl or to sign up to serve as a part of that event, just go to quadcity.church and then look for the events tab. We would love to have you serve alongside our team on Halloween. All right, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning. Hey, it's uh, it's about fall. Was so really quick question before I say that fall equinox was the twenty first of September. Yeah, is that a right? Weeks ago, yeah. Twenty second, twenty first or twenty second of September. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was actually September or if it was the end of October that that officiates fall. But it is apparently fall now. It is fall. Felt like it this weekend. It was windy and. Chill. Even this morning was a little cold. I was in Phoenix yeah. um, Saturday. It did not feel like fall. Now, I will say, though, it did feel like fall as I was a kid. That's what I remember as fall. <laughs> I remember 100 degrees. So <laughs> there you go. I was telling Diana, she was like, what's winter like? And I was like, 90? I don't like, you know, like, I know it's 75 or 80. But so we're sitting there, though. We had a six o'clock game. Sun finally goes down. We're, you know, we're off the one on one. And it feels great. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, look at your, Look at your watch. What's the temperature? She goes, 88. I go, I know. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Once that sun finally goes down, it does feel pretty good in the desert. It's not bad. And yeah. you're also, the rest of the day, we were just getting beat up by the sun. So anything was like, oh, this is <laughs> magical. Perspective. Yeah. It was. But, I, but legitimately, you know, growing up down there, yeah. you are like, oh, 90? This is wonderful. But if you had 88 in your house. Oh, 
your your wife would not like it. No, yeah, we don't want AV in the house. We did get to open the windows though finally this weekend. Nice. It had been a little too warm to do that during the day. It was like, a little bit, you know. But it was a little chilly yesterday morning as I was standing up top and greeting people coming into church. The yeah. wind was blowing. That was a little I f- made I, it not great, but yeah, I feel like fall is probably the most universal, universally loved season that we experience. For do sure. you guys agree or disagree? Oh, for sure. Do you guys fall on that line of thought or or no? Nah. Yeah, for sure. Everybody loves fall. It's well, that's best. not true. That's a lot of people. A lot of people like fall. You can't say everyone. Everybody. I'm going to be honest. Person who's ever. I'm just kidding. Again, though, like I didn't. I don't think I had a fall growing up as a kid. Yeah. Huh. I, like, if you, like, I grew up in the desert, in the valley. There was no fall. You had no. summer and summer-ish. <laughs> like, summer and winter. It, I, so, I didn't get that until I moved back to Kentucky. Leaves are changing. Stuff is dropping. Um, it really is more work, too. Like, it's, it's a lot. Break up all those leaves. There's a lot of trees, man. <laughs> there are a lot of trees in Kentucky. <laughs> so more I, yard work for me. I think what I've the conclusion I've come to about fall is that I do love fall days. Like fall days are really great. The thing I don't like about fall is it tells me we're headed in a bad direction. Like fall is literally the transitional season between summer, my favorite season of all time, and always will be, and winter, which I'm not a big fan of. I don't like mm. the snow. I don't like the the extreme cold, which not not as if we get extreme cold here. I mean, I'm from Chicago. They just talk about cold, but uh, but it's you know darker and it's just not winter season isn't as fun. So it is this uh, kind of like yellow flag for me, saying, "Hey, it's you better prepare yourself." But it gives Josh an opportunity to wear his sweaters and UGGs and scarves. It does. You know me so well. I <laughs> uh, couldn't wait. Could not wait to put all of that on. Yeah. I'd love to see Josh and some Uggs. You are a shoe guy. Does anyone wear Uggs anymore? Uh, Is that referenced 15 years old or are we still doing apparently that? Apparently, they're like back. They're back. Now, apparently, they make some killer Ugg slippers that huh. I've heard are just really comfortable. I'm not walking out of the house with them. Though. I'm not putting Ugg boots on. <laughs> no. There's a lot. I can if do. Tom Brady can do it, you could do it. Mm, I don't think I can. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things Tom Brady can do that none of the three of us can do. That's that's true. very true. <laughs> that is very. But yeah, I'm not a huge like pumpkin spice latte guy. I know that's why everybody's really excited. <laughs> they got the pumpkin spice everything right now. I just I, I just drink my coffee black anyways. I'm not really a latte kind of guy. But you know who does love pumpkin? David. He does. Remember that time we were in Florida with David last year and he got a, a pumpkin waffle. He does. For breakfast. Waffle? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, he I remember does. it like it was yesterday. He does. We were at, uh, where, uh, what's the place? Oh. It's the super popular, like farmhouse style breakfast place. <sighs> another. No, what's it called? Another broken egg. Nope. Oh. It's something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's irrelevant. It's in Cincinnati. No one cares. And they're really expensive. Cracked egg. Nope. That's we went in Phoenix. That's in Vegas. Vegas. Um, it. No, it, oh gosh, it's super popular. It's a chain. We don't have one up here though. Anyways, that's super irrelevant. Yeah. Anyways, yes, he does love it. We were talking about this yesterday, MPV. He's so excited that it's this quarter of the year. Like, he's he's tickled pink. I could see David wearing Uggs. Man, I don't think so. You don't think so? That feels a little harsh. No, First it's watch. not harsh. First watch. But creatives, they, they like, I don't they, know. There's a little something there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But he was like, you know, it is a lot of holidays. 
we were talking about that. Like uh, Halloween, yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas. People are already trying to decorate for Christmas, which is against the major rules is in it? my life. Huh. Yeah, man, you can't Do you skip. decorate for fall? Well, my wife did. Yeah. Three I, weeks ago. Mine too. <laughs> for sure. My wife. Oh, on, yeah. What was it? Friday? Friday. She's walks in the house and, hey, can you get my fall stuff? Uh-huh. And so I was trudging up boxes of stuff from the bottom of the house. And she says, well, that's not all. I'm like, what? So there is no like three. There is no more frustrating experience than trying to find the one box that you can't find in the sea of other boxes full of stuff that sometimes are marked appropriately and sometimes aren't marked appropriately. Yeah. I that, have, I've had that experience. Dana does a pretty good job and we yeah. moved all of our decor to one spot. Yeah. Like it's separate from a lot of other boxes that that are the random things. So we have a couple boxes that just say random junk on them. Um, <laughs> if if it was up to you, the three dudes in the room, mm. would your house ever look different than it does? No. I'd, like, would there be no. seasonal changes no. at no. all? Zero percent. No. Zero percent. I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't decorate anything. In fact, I didn't. Well, so when <laughs> I got, so I got a house when I was early twenties, um, and I painted the downstairs because I had like a tri-level so I painted the basement because I was going to be in there all the time watching TV. I did not t- touch the upstairs and I, because I went, I'm going to get married and she's going to change it anyway. <laughs> and I really don't care what color it is and here we've been for now 15 years of I just don't really care the colors of what's in the thing. So I will paint like I would yes. I would paint a house no problem yeah. but I'm probably not painting more than once. Like I'll choose yeah. a color that I really like and it's going to stay that color forever. Yeah. So forever. This would this would be one for all of our ladies who are listening, all of the uh females or wives or whatever category you fit in. I would love just share with us at some point like What's the thing? Why is it that women are way more interested in decorating than the guys? To be fair, though, you do the same thing. It's just moving furniture and not putting out decorations. That's true. I do. And I've painted my house twice since I've been in it for 18 months. Now, I will say, like, when I had a yard that I cared about, um, uh, I haven't just got into it yet, being back in the day. Anyways, but, like, I was getting the mums. I was getting the hay bales. Like, I could get down with decorating outside like that. When Dan was like, hey, let's go get some hay bales and pumpkins. I'm like, I'm, oh, yeah, cool. I can make the grass and the flowers look real good. The mom's by the driveway pulling into the thing. I'm down to do all that. But, like, even summertime flowers, yeah, I'm cool to all of that. I can do outside. Inside, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, I just, because I have to move normal things. That's, I think, what it is, is, like, you have to move stuff that's always there to put yeah. the new stuff on to the thing. For sure. Yeah, so we do. We have some pumpkins out and some little acorns right now. I think a couple of my kids like it, though, too. We I were, liked it when I was a kid. I liked decorating yeah. stuff when I was younger. We let them decorate their room for Christmas. They can put lights up and stuff. Yeah. I have at it, and they have a blast, put it all over their bed. So I don't think Silas cares very much. He may. I don't know. Yeah. Gideon loves it. He's like, we were in Target. And he was like, ooh, look at that, Mommy. We yeah. should get that pumpkin wreath. Yeah. I was uh, like, all right, man. First Watch, by the way, is the name of the restaurant. Training. Yep. We were there it is. Before. I had to Google it real I quick. I knew it was something. Yeah. With the, it is good. It's pretty good. It's expensive, though. It's consistent. It's really good food, though. It's like high Do you class remember? IHOP. You remember eating there? It was in Orlando. 
I don't. I, I remember eating in Orlando. That's when we almost died. You remember that? That's the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember eating in Orlando. I remember a breakfast place we went to. Couldn't remember the name. Don't remember what anybody ate. So pause. I ain't got time for so, that. So, this is perfect. So, last Wednesday, uh, we finish up here. A couple of me and the guys go to Founding Fathers afterwards, hanging out. And we see another pastor. I think it was. I think it was the Cornerstone guy. Scott. Yeah. Scott. I, I've met him before, but mm-hmm. I couldn't put you into it. Anyways, he goes, yeah. hey, you guys aren't going to the Spire? And uh, Corey was <laughs> with us, our kids guy. He looked at me. I was like, man, I'm never going back to that conference. Yeah, you are. This was this time last year. Next, we almost yeah, died. Yeah. We'll go next year, though, because it's in Phoenix. So we oh, don't have to- yeah. yeah. I will go back. Yeah. Talk about somewhere that never gets bad weather. Amen. Uh, in September. I literally yeah. thought about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I almost died in Orlando last year. Everybody was this time. Yeah. We were just flying to a hurricane. Yeah. Running down the freeway. It was great. Not our best. <laughs> no. no. That was not our best. That was the that was the um, ideals. Cherry on the pie. Cherry on the cake. What's the what's the expression? Cherry on the pie? On top. Cherry on top. The cherry on top. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. I don't think for. it goes on cakes um, or pies. It's usually on Well, a for sure cherry goes on in pies. In pies. It can go oh. on top. You it can, can put go on top of cakes. You can. <laughs> Okay, we're going sideways. The, Keep going. It was the cherry on top of my yes. uh, uh, hate I hate of the Florida. state of Florida. Yeah, so it was both, I was like, that's both that's the you. last time the I ever over, have to go to the state of Florida. It was the push over the edge. For sure. Like, it was teetering. <laughs> it shoved it right off the <laughs> edge for me. Yeah, you yeah. guys it finished ridiculous. it. Those two. Florida. Maybe I just hate Florida with Josh, because it's the last two trips I went to Florida were no, both I mean, with Josh. We not we, killed it. We both had a bad time. So Jason loves Florida. We've uh, talked about this before. That is yeah. true. It's his, he's going to retire is. there. He loves it. Buy a Dude, condo. I'm going to buy a condo in nice Florida. In Boca Raton? Not Boca Raton. <laughs> nice. One to nice. Oh, man. All right. Anyways, let's, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's take a hard pivot to uh, Sunday. We started a new series. The Holy Spirit's leading me to yeah. go to Florida. There you go. Uh, launched the uh, Someone's Missing, Someone is Missing series, which uh, I think we've been excited about for for a little while here. Um, and uh, I thought we had a really good start. I personally heard a lot of people that were really eager to learn um, throughout the course of this series. I think uh, did a good job, even just through that study that the um, that ACU did, Arizona Christian University, a couple of years ago, just some of the kind of uh, jaw-dropping statistics around what people do and do not, I mean, evangelical Christians, born-again Christians, do and do not believe about the person of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. I think this uh, those stats tell us how needed this is in a lot of areas. Um, so I'm uh, I'm really excited to dig into it. So what? Uh, how'd it go for you guys? So Josh, you were out in PV Sunday. Jason, you were here in Prescott with me. But Felt like a lot of excitement. People were... Um... I'm excited to dive in. Had a couple of really good conversations with people. It definitely a polarizing. Is that the right word? This is a polarizing topic. I don't know if it's polarizing, but it's for sure a lot of baggage that we're coming in with. I yeah. mean, all over the map, you know. Yeah. Um, I, if you grew up in a, yeah, it just depends where you grew up, what church you went to, what mm-hmm. that experience was like. Um in you know the non-denom of our church, there's a lot of people can land in here, um, yeah. and so I'm interested to see some of and hear some of the differing uh, views and beliefs uh, that come out uh, from people. 
Yeah, I think, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think there's any, any time you start having some conversation around like the unseen of our faith, like spirit realm, mm. the Holy Spirit, uh, eternal destinations, all of those things. I think there's a lot of bad theology out there, differing theology out there. Yeah. So anytime, and because we don't talk about it like on a really consistent basis, yeah. um, at least many non-denom evangelical churches yeah, don't. True. Um, a lot of the times it's like, kind of, it can kind of be surprising. Like, oh, what am I supposed to think? Like, it's just not a part of, I think a lot of people's theology that they really work hard to flesh out. Um, which is why I see a lot of value in doing this. Well, I'll say a couple of things. One, <clears throat> I didn't want to do this series. <laughs> it's been on the docket. It's been on the docket for, I don't know, seven, eight years. Like, we already this pushed is, it once. Yeah. I know, because I told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, okay, I've, I've been doing, this last year has been me preaching series that I just didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do Romans. Um, for sure, didn't want to do six weeks, you know, in a generosity initiative. And I didn't want to do the Holy Spirit. But I've been here for 15 years. And so I've already done all the low-hanging fruit. So I've already got, you know, you can't go back and just do, you know, the Sermon on the Mount again, right? So I've got all those 15 years worth of sermons. So now I'm having to do the stuff that I didn't want to do. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit is like, it is a deep, deep topic. And it does come with some controversy. There are there are going to be people who are passionate about one side or the other. And uh, the same as we knew what happened in Romans and the same, you know, whenever you're going to talk about money for an extended period of time. And so this is all uh, uh, not the fun stuff for sure. Uh, I would say that People were excited, you know, when I threw out the line, um, you know, today we're going to kick off a new series. And then I said, I thought I would get some applause. Like the applause was immediate. Like they were just waiting. There was enthusiastic excitement that we were kicking off a new series. And so that was funny <laughs> that uh, it was like a pent up. They just needed permission to say, yes, we're ready to do something else. So that was great. Um, but the, as far as it goes for our church, yeah, there there are people all over the map. And so I had a couple of conversations yesterday. There was one uh, lady who came up and to Pastor's Point and shared of the uh, denomination that she had come from. And it was, frankly, it was one that I'd never heard of before, which she said, some people call it a cult. I didn't think it was a cult. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. But, so I didn't. I can't say that it's a cult, but not a great know, place to start. It, it isn't a great place, but what was? I can't remember. <sighs> you know, my my brain don't work like I can. I don't remember. Um, and so she shared with me that, yeah, she, they didn't believe in the Trinity, didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, and so that was a, yeah, it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, and so she was like, yeah, I need to know. I need to know what Scripture teaches about this stuff. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of people um, that this is going to be helpful, I think. Um, and for others, it'll be something to make them upset. So we'll run the gamut. Here we go. It'll be this way forever, won't it? Well, I think it will. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Uh, the 
exciting thing, though, is we got a bunch of questions. And I know over the course of this series, I think we're going to get a lot of questions, again, because of just some of the um, some of the thoughts or teachings or, um, you know, differing opinions uh, on on this topic. So really excited to dig into those. Before we do that, though, uh, anything we didn't get to, Jason, on Sunday? I know it was kind of the reintroduction of what are we talking about when we're talking about the Holy Spirit? And there were a bunch of topics we had to hit on as we reintroduce. Um, but was there anything that we didn't have time for? No, I think, again, yes, there's tons we didn't. And these questions that we get today will reveal that we didn't get to everything. But uh, again, the point of yesterday was just to begin by laying the foundation of just setting the understanding of the Trinity and trying to start there. Um, and so I feel like we we accomplished what we wanted to, but that for many people, that it spurred on some other questions of where do we go from here? And so I feel like even with some of the questions that we got, we will answer them more thoroughly over the next eight to nine weeks. Like that's what the whole series is about. Yesterday was just the introduction. So if you walked out yesterday and you feel like, well, I it didn't answer all the questions, that's great. It wasn't meant to answer all the questions. Like yesterday was the introduction to the book. Um, it wasn't the conclusion. So yeah. um, no, I didn't feel like there was anything that needed to get added yesterday but there, there's so much more to add over the next couple of uh, of months together. Awesome. Well, let's dig into some questions then. Um, we're going to start here. Uh, if Jesus is God, then how uh, how come he is called the Son of God? So, again, we'll talk through this even more as we go. There's there is a as we said yesterday. We serve one God in three persons. So Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is God. But they do have different roles in the, there are three persons in the Trinity. And so you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. Um, and so Jesus, who asked that question, by the way? It was really cool. It was a, it was actually an 11-year-old. So it was go. a kid oh, really? who was in that. the room. Yeah, That's awesome. So, which is awesome that Which they're engaging. Which I wanted to make sure yeah. and bring that up because I we That's knew great. that. And Love so that. It, it was great. So I appreciate that we have young students who are interested and want to know this stuff. So Yeah, very cool. Yes, great question. So we have to think through this again. One God, three persons. So there is one, another way to put it is there's one essence. They all share the same essence, the same being, um, but they do have almost like a different roles in the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is God. He has uh, John chapter one, or I think it's John one, that talks about, nope, not John one. I'm blanking here. Help me out, guys. So it's where uh, Jesus is said to have all of the deity in bodily form. Like, Colossians. And then yes, Colossians yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Colossians one. Yeah. That that Jesus is in his fullness. He is God. Um, but he is subservient to the Father. Like there is this hierarchy is a wrong word because they are co-equal, but there is this mutual submission in the Godhead. And so there's a lot of debate over this. So I feel like I even I, even this, I need to back up just a little bit. As we're talking about the, the Trinity, okay? 
Nobody has this whole thing figured out. Okay. We just need to say this out loud. Okay. Nobody's got this completely figured out. And I shared with somebody again yesterday at Pastor's Point. I said, look, if you've got a God that you can 100% figure out in your finite brain, that's not a God worth worshiping. Like you, if your God's too small, if your little finite brain can figure out all of the pieces and parts and put him in a box. So this is something that we're going to struggle with. How can we have this God three in one? Our little finite brains can't figure it out. We don't, we can't comprehend this. Um, but we can just look at what scripture teaches us. And what scripture says is like, here it is. They are three in one. And we shared scriptures yesterday. The Father is God, the Spirit is God, and Jesus is God. But there does seem to be this mutual submission. You have the Father who sends the Son, and the Son and the Father together send the Spirit. So that's the top down. The Father sends the Son, the Father and the Son send the Spirit. But then the glory goes back the other way. It's the John 16 says the Spirit glorifies the Son, and the Son brings glory to the Father. And so there is this, the way that they all interconnect, um, there does seem to be this relational hierarchy of sorts where they submit uh, the Father, I'm sorry, the Spirit to the to the Son, the Son to the Father. And so... Um, to answer the question, the Son is God. That's what Scripture teaches us over and over. And we can talk about that. There are several verses that share that with us. Um, I can just give you a couple if that would be helpful. So uh, John chapter 10, verse 30, there's this moment where Jesus is is speaking and the Pharisees are there and Jesus says out loud, says, my father, nope, sorry, back up. Yeah, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my hand and I and the father are one. And in that moment, the response was from the Jewish opponents. They picked up stones to stone him. Why are they stoning him? Jesus asked, why, are they, why, would, you, why would you want to stone me? He says, because of blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. So Jesus claimed to be God. He calls himself God. And everybody heard him say it. So they're going to stone him like he is God. But he also submits himself to his father. So it's one and the same. I don't know, again, we can't put it all in a, an easy box. Um, but Jesus is God, and he submits himself to his father. So, yeah. And Jesus calls uh, himself the son of God. Yeah. Like, like yes. in John a lot. So yeah. John 5, uh, 25 through 27, he says, Very true, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come. When the dead will hear, and this is Jesus talking, uh, the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he is granted, so to hear your point, he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. 
and he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man, which is another term that Jesus refers to himself yeah, as as well, right? right? So he, we, have the, we have the God and the man divinity piece here, right? Like the divinity and the humanity piece in John 5. But again, part of it is why, do, why did people call Jesus this? Because this is what Jesus called himself too. Mm-hmm. Like he referred to himself of, yeah. of these terms. So it's, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's what he said, you know? So we should probably go, oh, and again, this John passage kind of touches on what you were saying is he understood that the father granted judgment to the son. Yes. So Jesus does refer to this. And he says it also in John too, like I have, I have completed the mission you've sent me to do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He just knew that. Like he speaks of that with that. But again, like you said, they're, they're not, one's not better how we think of better. Right. They're just different and have Correct. very unique, distinct roles. Yes. And all operated. So the plan to send Jesus to the cross, all three were in agreement. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. Somebody yeah. else ask a question yeah. that'll point us to that yeah. direction. Yeah. That's really good. I think, that, I mean, the way that I've thought about this is, right, I love that term mutually submissive. I think that's what we see yeah. in the Trinity. We see this beautiful picture of submission um, within within this these, this mm-hmm. God Trinity, Godhead. Um, the way I've thought about it, it's really easy for us to assume that anytime there's submission, there's some sort of hierarchy. That right. that person that is that being, that that God, Jesus, um, the person of Jesus is submitting to God, so he is now less than right. God. But that that's not what we see in scripture. Right. We see mutual submission, but we also see that Jesus is still God and the spirit is still God. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, uh, we quickly make that assumption, but that's just not what we see throughout scripture. So that's, that's I think helpful. And again, it's hard because man, it's such a, uh, it's a really hard topic for us to get a full picture of because it is God, by the way. Right. Like how are we uh, supposed to have this? Because this none of us, that's not any of our entity in our being. Right. Like there's nothing on earth uh, that's been created that can fully explain or have the attributes of the creator, right? right? Like we are, we are still the created trying to make sense of the creator, right? Which in itself is like, I can't even understand how he you know, made the world, let alone yeah. <laughs> right. me trying to understand how this, relationship been, exists. Yeah. No, we've been trying to understand that for a really long time yeah. and we're still, yeah, not there. Yeah. But, uh, second question to this, this comes from uh, Sonia. She says, I was taught that there are three voices in my head, my own gods and Satan's telling me what to do. Uh, so is this voice God? Is this voice Jesus? Or is this voice the Holy Spirit? So again, this is where we have to make sure that our language is correct. And so part of what we were hoping to do yesterday was try to um, to help understand. So even in her question, she's framing it in a, in a way that's unhelpful. So she says, is the voice God or is it Jesus or is it the spirit? Right. And in saying that, that would preclude Jesus or the spirit from being God. So the answer is yes, it's all like it is God. It is Jesus. It is the spirit. They are all God. So, uh, I think what she probably meant to say would be, is it the Father? Is it the is it Jesus or is it the Holy Spirit? And and that's a good question. And I think the way I would answer is it again, I think it could be all three or any of the three. So let me give you one 
one example. Okay, so we find this in the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter, let me find it here. Acts, sorry, it's when Paul is about to go off into Macedonia. So this is uh, Acts chapter 16. And you have this moment where it says, Paul and his companions, this is Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 6. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Figria and Galatia. And then it says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So, Again, picture the scene. Paul's on his journey, and he's going around sharing the gospel, and he sees the region of, of uh, the province of Asia, and he's ready to go, and the Holy Spirit says, no, you can't go there. Don't go there. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. And so now we've got two, two parts of the Godhead At first, it was the Holy Spirit who kept him. And then secondly, it says, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. So now, both two parts of the Godhead are in play here. Verse 8, so they passed Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, they had the man of Macedonia standing, begging them, come to us. So we got ready and left for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So in this one instance, you have the Holy Spirit stopped us, the Spirit of Jesus stopped this, and then we get a vision and we conclude that God has called us to do this. So again, we have this picture of of all of the Godhead at work, and all of the Godhead is pointing Paul and his companions to not go here and to go here. So I think the answer to Sony's question is yes. It can be the Spirit of Jesus. It can be the Holy Spirit. It can be God the Father, each speaking those things into us at any one moment. Uh, Scripture clearly says that the Holy Spirit speaks to people, like we just saw one of the instances yesterday where they were praying and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. So the Holy Spirit is speaking. And I think that would be most natural for us today would be to say that it is probably the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who is in us, who is speaking to us. Um, that's That's the role that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would play. He would be our paraclete. He would be the one. Uh, who actually took Jesus' place as the one leading, guiding, speaking, correcting, rebuking, encouraging. He was going to be our paraclete to do that. So I think most naturally, we would assume this is the Holy Spirit at work speaking to us. Um, But that doesn't preclude that it could be God the Father or Jesus, all part of the Godhead. But I think most naturally, we'd say it'd be the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think some too, like, I think sometimes the English language makes it really tough, right? Because I know when you're reading certain things in the Old Testament, you'll make sure that you go, hey, no, this is Yahweh or the Lord, right? And there's some of that, right? We just generically say God. Yeah. But they actually had, like yesterday, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate with a capital A. Like the name matters and the way we use the name. And so um, some of that, I think, messes us up just in English because we don't have— we say God and we can refer to all three. Right. 
right? In a yep. very generic sense, you know, they would have said Yahweh or they right. wouldn't even have said it. Like yeah. they were, the Lord, yeah. like it's in our Bibles that way. It does help give a little more context, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think, again, I think most naturally we should assume <clears throat> since Pentecost yes. that the one who is speaking would be the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. Uh, doesn't preclude, again, uh, Paul very clearly had Jesus come and speak to him on the road to Damascus. Yep. It was very clearly, it was Jesus. So it doesn't preclude that God the Father or God the Son could be the one speaking, but I think most naturally that we should assume that it is the advocate, the paraclete that God has, that Jesus and the Father have sent to us who is going to be the one uh, speaking to us today. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, maybe a flip question there. We didn't get this asked, but I've gotten it asked a number of times to me personally. And I think even maybe you got this question yesterday, this idea of, okay, so when we're praying, who are we talking to? <laughs> that's a great question. Great question. Yeah. So, yeah, I have gotten this question. Um, and again, what I would say is, most naturally, what you're going to find, there is a pattern in Scripture that we are to pray to the Father, in the name of the Son, by the power of the Spirit. So that's the pattern you're going to find all throughout Scripture, okay? We're going to pray to the Father. We're going to pray in the name of the Son. And when we say in the name of Jesus we pray, what we're saying in that moment is it's by His power that we have, by His resurrection, by His death, burial, and resurrection, I have access uh, again, even pointing back to the the crucifixion when the uh, veil was torn and the holy of hope and holy of holies was opened to us, it gave us access. We come in the name of Jesus. Like when we stand before the Father, we say, "The only reason I'm here is because of the righteousness that was given to me by the Son. He gives me the right to come into this venue and make this request." Right. So. That's what it means when we pray in the name of Jesus. So we pray to the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Spirit. So Ephesians 5 talks about pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. So it is the power of the Spirit that gives us even the ability to formulate the words. We learned that in Romans, right? We don't even know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit gives us the words. He knows yeah. what we should pray for. So that's the natural pattern. So the question becomes, so should I ever pray to the Spirit or even to Jesus? And that's a tricky one because there's nowhere in Scripture where you're going to find anyone praying to the Holy Spirit. We don't have that as an example, and I don't even know that there's any encouragement in Scripture to pray to the Holy Spirit. However, I don't think anywhere in Scripture that there would be any sinful anything sinful in our hearts to pray to the Holy Spirit. In fact, I did it yesterday in every service. I prayed, Holy Spirit, come. We invite the Holy Spirit, do your work among us today. And I don't see anything biblically wrong with that. Um, I think I did have this question somebody asked yesterday about, 
hey, what do you mean you're inviting the Spirit? Almost as if to say, the Holy Spirit has already come. The Holy Spirit is already in us. Why would we be inviting the Spirit? And I said, well, think of it this way. In the same way that the Spirit can be resisted, right? The Scripture teaches us that. I shared the Scripture yesterday. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We can uh, uh, squelch, quench, squelch, quench the Holy Spirit, in the same way, we can welcome the Holy Spirit. So the invitation in that moment is to say to the Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We invite you here. Please do your work among us. We want to be open to what you're doing here. We don't want to quench the Spirit. We don't want to resist the Spirit. We are inviting you to come and to do your work. So, right, there's a desire. A desire, absolutely. And so, uh, so I don't see anything wrong with that, and I don't think biblically there's anything wrong with that. I, again, I would say that the normal pattern should be we're praying to the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Spirit. Good. Yeah, I just know I've gotten that question a couple of times and uh, figured it would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, that last question reminded me a bit of that. Uh, here's the next question, and it's actually less of a Well, there is a bit of a question. Uh, Alan says this. He says, just a comment. Uh, Jason talked about the Holy Spirit experiencing the same emotions as we do, both good and bad. I would argue that there is a major problem with describing the Holy Spirit as experiencing bad feelings. The word bad carries a strong moral sense, and whatever feelings the member of the Godhead might have, since God is good, cannot be described as bad. I would argue that the feelings are essentially neutral uh, uh, internal uh, states that we are given to us, that are given to us by God uh, to give us information about our internal states. Uh, They are only bad if we act upon them inappropriately. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I don't have any issue with, with that clarification. So, you know, when I'm throwing these lines out in a message, just trying to be succinct in those moments, um, Obviously, I didn't dig into that kind of depth. So uh, I think what Alan is referring to is yesterday I said, you know, that the Holy Spirit feels all the things that we feel. Um, And I use the phrase both good and bad. And I think what he's trying to push up against is to say it's not necessarily bad. And yeah, I I don't have any heartburn making that clarification. I guess the point is that that there are, for many of us, we would put things in a category. So for maybe an oversimplification, we would say joy is good and and grief is bad. And so that's not necessarily true. And I think that's the point of what, what Alan's trying to say. Grief isn't necessarily bad. It's It can be an absolutely healthy thing if you're grieving. Right. But we would say, I think most people would describe it as either a positive or a negative and if you're going to put it on the line, you'd rather have joy than grief. Um, but the Holy Spirit feels feels both of those things, and we feel both of those things. So the point that I was trying to make him was not trying to um, make any kind of moral um, judgment on those feelings. It was just a, a way to say the gamut of the emotions that we feel is is pictured in what the Holy Spirit feels. Um, there is. God is described as having anger. God is described as feeling jealousy. Like there, these things that we experience, and we alluded to it yesterday. And I don't know if I did it enough justice. Again, if you got five more minutes, you could 
parse this out a little longer, but you know, I talked about how you know we feel all of these things, and then the Holy Spirit feels all of these things, and then I I took a moment to flip it and say, but we got it from Him; He didn't get it from us. Right. Um, and so again, uh, Josh even shared it this morning to think about like, right in the beginning, we were made in the image of God. We are made in his image. First, um, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter one. We are made in his image. Let us make man in our image. So that comes with all of those emotions that we have. We got them from him. He didn't get them from us. We're not pinning these back. We feel it, so he must feel it. No, it goes the other way. He feels it, so we feel it. So we get it from him. Now, ours... Um, is broken, right? Because of sin. Everything is broken. So we don't feel them with the same holiness and righteousness that he does, um, but it is all the same emotions that the the person of the Holy Spirit feels we do as well. That's very good. Do you have anything to add on that, Josh? I, I was just going to say, he, he I made a point, you know, feelings are great uh, for us to identify what is wrong, right? If I am anxious... Right. It is helpful to ask, why am I anxious? And then to really look in and go, oh, am I anxious because I'm worried that this thing's not going to happen, so I need to put forth more effort instead of trusting and relying on God? Then it's the reality that I'm in sin, that I'm not trusting God fully. Am I sad about something? Oh, man, that's a very real emotion. Am I? What am I happy about? What am I mad about? Am I mad because I'm probably not getting my way? Yeah, probably. So then it's again, so he is right. So they can be a tool that can be used to help us identify things. So yes, we don't want to ignore our feelings, but we don't want to just give in to them all the time because sometimes our feelings, they betray us, right? And they lead us astray. So the, it, it is helpful to peel them back and really ask why are, why are we sensing these very real things? Because yes, I do think God has given them to us to help us identify things. And like he said, a lot of times we do bad things because we feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. We, we make bad choices or make bad decisions because we actually haven't asked the real question to go, hey, I've given, God's given me this. The Spirit is, is leading me in this way, but I'm ignoring it because, I'm, you know, I just want to do my own thing, you know? So. Yeah, our, for sure. Our feelings, our, our emotions are broken. They're bust. Yeah. They've been broken by the curse. Oh, right? the enemies they, hijacked them. That's for right. Sure. Yeah. So in the... Yeah, so my anger is likely not a righteous anger. Probably not. When the Holy Spirit is angered because Ananias and Sapphira have lied to the Holy Spirit and brought that sin into the body of the church and strikes down two people dead during the middle of a worship service, and everybody was scared at the—that was a righteous anger. That was a righteous moment of condemnation uh, when Jesus is— angered and flipping the tables in the temple. Like that is a righteous anger. And so mine is probably not. Mine are corrupted. And anxious in Gethsemane, right? Like to the point of, you know. Shedding drops of blood. Again, and it's out of that. He goes, I feel it, but I'm still going to submit to your will, Father. Right? Like that's the piece of it is our feelings can still be very real. And I can say it and name it and claim, but it go, if it's still causing me to be disobedient and not walk how the Spirit is guiding and leading me, then it's really truly, it's probably some sin on my part. Yeah. 
Well, it's usually, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's probably it's usually <laughs> I'm sitting on my part, which we got to just be be okay with. But yeah, feelings aren't. He is right. Not bad or good, but we can make bad choices and decisions yeah. with them. Sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, let's end on this one. There's, uh, Judah has two questions. Both I think are really insightful um, and uh, going to provoke some pretty good conversation, I think. So the first is this. If each piece of the Trinity has its own will, does God have a collective will that supersedes the separate wills of the other members of the, of the Trinity? Uh, the follow-up question to the first is, uh, do the separate pieces of the Trinity know about this collective superseding will? So I think it's, we do have to be careful when we're talking about pieces of the Trinity. Um, there is a uh, historical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Heresy that wants to um, take the Trinity and cut it into three slices. So you think of the the, the Godhead like a pie and you're going to, cut it into three and you got a third of God over here and a third of God over here and a third of God over here. And again, we got to be careful. I don't think that's what he's saying, but I just want to make sure that I say that out loud. We're not talking like three pieces of a pie and those three together make up the, uh, the one God. Again, it is one in essence, three in persons. Each person is himself holy God. And so we have to make sure that we say that piece out loud just to make sure. Um, but to answer, um, to answer the question, is there an overarching will? And the answer is yes. And this is going to be a struggle it, for, for many of us. The overarching will of God, it is the kind of the, the first thing that every uh, back up. The first thing that most creeds point to, or catechisms point to, the the overarching will of God is to bring glory to Himself. Like that's why we exist. We exist to bring glory to God. The Godhead exists to bring glory to Himself. Jesus brings glory to the Lord. Jesus, on the night before He dies, says, "Father, glorify me, so that I may glorify You." Like. The glory of God is his highest will. Even in the bringing sinners to repentance is for the glory of God. So God's glory is his own greatest purpose. Um, And again, some would look at that and say, well, God is so egotistical. But again, if, if me rightly glorifying God is what's best and right for me, then God demanding my glory is actually the greatest blessing for me. He's actually doing what's best for me. So the the answer to the question is yes, God has the overarching greatest purpose. Everybody feels it is bringing God glory, God being the center of all things. And the, the Holy Spirit is about that will, the Son is about that will, and the Father is about that will, and all of us are being invited into that will, and and everything in all of creation goes better when God is held in the center as the greatest of all. And we would say the reason why that causes people to struggle is because we don't 
glory to us is is never pure probably right like we struggle to understand like if we are self-seeking and sinners right like we struggle to see pure glory yeah just mm-hmm. for glory's sake yeah like we just we just don't see it right yeah. like we give glory to people who don't deserve it and people who get it use it wrongly and mm-hmm. like that's the issue with it is that is part of the story back to the feelings it's not the feelings are are wrong as we're we're sinners and they've been hijacked by the evil one and so the it's just you know i think of the temptation of jesus one of the uh, the temptations that satan uses was to basically have jesus glorify himself and do this thing i'll take you to the top of the mountain and all this will be yours and Jesus's response was like, "Nope, no, nope, it's all it's all the Father's. Like yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking that. It's not mine to take. If He yeah. gives it to me, He'll give it to me. But it's not mine to take, right? Yeah. Like that perspective of, but Satan knew, yeah. Like that's how he tempts him because that's the humanity of Jesus. Is like, yeah. oh, you want that glory? I'm gonna yeah. put you up high, yeah. higher than anybody. And we just, I don't think we've ever seen it, yeah. Except in the person of Jesus sure. yeah. as pure and holy glory, yeah." Yeah, that's really good. The second part of uh, this question is this: Why does Jesus uh, why does Jesus offer to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit instead of asking the Holy Spirit directly? So again, that goes back to there does seem to be this again the the, the words here they're they're difficult for us because we run them through our there is a hierarchical hierarchical higher hierarchy. 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 I just think hierarchy. But there is this, there does seem to be that, that again, the the Father sends the Son, and the Son and the Father send the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit is here to glorify the Son, and the Son glorifies the Father. So there, there does seem to be, and again, it doesn't mean that any of them are less God. They are mutually submissive, but they all have a distinct role to play in the in the Godhead. And the answer is that. The son says at some point in scripture, I think I even shared it yesterday, that he will send the spirit. At some point he says, I will ask the father and we will send the spirit. And so uh, the answer is, I don't know. The answer, I don't know why (laughs) that that Jesus didn't just ask the spirit. Um, But there's this mutual submission that we see um, and we find in scripture um, that Jesus asked the Father and the Father sends the Spirit. So I don't have a good answer. Um, I don't think biblically there's a great answer. And so if anything I would say would you know, one of one out. of the scriptures we didn't get to share is Luke 11. Uh, Luke 11, Jesus talks about, uh, he talks about as a father, uh, if your son asks for, a, what's a fish? Yeah. We yeah. don't, yeah, we don't give him a serpent or a snake. Yeah. yeah. If one asks for something else and he says so much more, your father, yeah. Speaking of God, the yeah. Father yeah. Uh, gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Yeah, right. So there is this thing of like even He's telling us yeah. to ask the Father yeah. to bring the Spirit. Yep, right. Because He's the Father who wants to provide for our needs. Yeah, like it's something about us also seeing just as Jesus and His humanity saw the Father mm-hmm. as that thing, like as the picture above Him. Again, this submission, but again, not in a a cruel, harsh way, right? Because we don't have a father like that. Even right. even the, the the most evil earthly father wouldn't give his son a snake if he right. asked for something glorious. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so that's the picture that he wants us to leave with. And again, we like Brendan said, we hear the word submission, 
and it's bad. It's a negative. And that's what I think messes us up when we even begin to say that there's people over us or there's mm-hmm. a hierarchy or the fathers over the kids. Like yeah. we just, we, we all want this individual agency and we have it, but it's also best within the roles in which God asks us to play. And so yep. in, within the context of the Trinity, they're, like you said, they're not, one's not, it's not the redheaded step cousin. Right. That's not the spirit. He's yep. not that, he, he is God with yep. all entity and was there in the beginning that helped yep. create. He brought order to chaos. Yep. And so we just have to keep that in mind to keep going back. So every time this issue comes up in our head, it's, we need to go, this is a, a human struggle. God is not up there wondering who's better. Yeah. And, oh, am the father, am I better than you? Yeah. Right. They're, they're not thinking that. We, yeah. There's no power a, struggle. There's no power struggle. Yeah. We just can't, we can't do it. We don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so we don't have to separate that. And so I think this nine weeks or eight weeks or whatever, we're going to have to keep probably telling ourselves that. Yeah. yeah. Or we're going to really struggle. And a lot of this, again, we're gonna we're gonna answer some of these questions as we go. We're gonna talk about, you know, some of the roles of the Holy Spirit and how they differ, and uh, the gifts of the Spirit. We're gonna be talking about a lot of these things as we walk through this series together. So, um, who knows? By the end of this series, we may have better answers than we do today. <laughs> that would be the hope, right? That, right. There we go. All right. I think that's it for today. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, chat again real soon. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. We're so glad that you spent this time with us today. As always, we hope this time was fruitful and helpful in your journey and obedience to Jesus. And we can't wait to see you again real soon.